I got the idea from divinity that I am in the azalea bush and the azalea bush is in me and mm. I am in Hitler and Hitler is in me. Mm. I mean, I really, it was like a switch moved over inside me. So the part about from the separate being, feeling separated and having that illusory idea and then switching to understanding the oneness well i would just say that kindness and present it's all connected hello everyone and welcome to the being inspired radio show my name is amanda johnson your host and i am back this week with one more inspirational guest and conversation that is yet to unfold and yet every cell in my body every part of me knows, like all of our conversations, this will be yet one more to inspire, to uplift, to bring some love and joy and peace into your life. And of course, with the intention behind each of these conversations I have is to inspire you to reveal and express more of who you truly are. And I know in every part of my being that our guest today is going to say something, share something, offer something that will do just that. And that's why we have these conversations. And that is why I get so excited to share this with each and every one of you who are listening. So thank you for listening and stay tuned for a beautiful conversation that is yet to unfold right before your very ears. So today's guest uh, is joining me uh, from, let's see, North Carolina, I believe. Is that true, Joy? You're coming in from North Carolina? Yes. Wonderful. I'm in the, in the west, in the mountain area near Asheville. Awesome. So coming in all the way from near Asheville, North Carolina. So Joy Reeser is a spiritual counselor, founder of Joy on Your Shoulders, and author of the new children's book, Designed to Shine, Read Aloud Rhymes for Any Size Heart, who inspires love, peace, and joy on the path of those she encounters every day. As we said, she lives in North Carolina where she hula hoops in sunbeams, writes books that inspire folks to a deeper life of love, and shares adventures with her partner, Michael. Joy's inner child will share laughter with you at any moment. And I love laughter, and I in, in assume we will have some of it even on this episode together today. So, Joy, thank you for being here and joining the show. Oh, you are so welcome, Amanda. Thank you for having me. What I loved was when I was introduced to Joy. Uh, Joy, excuse me. It's so fun because her name is is exactly who she is and what she represents in the world, and I think that is a a complete delight and so divine. She, everything about her oozes joy. I've, I've seen her books that she has written and shared with the world and we'll make sure you know where to find those. Her pictures, her smile, everything radiates joy from this woman, her voice, her, and I think that's so divine. And I expect we will all experience a little bit more of that as we tune in today during this conversation. And as you know, if you've listened to my show before, or if you're new to the show, I start every episode with a 
quote. And it's a quote that is based on the topic or the theme or the concept that my guest is about or what they stand for or or who they are in their essence. And Joy, uh, she she talks a lot about kindness and it, there, it's in her book, the most recent book she wrote, she talks about kindness. She has an entire poem or rhyme about it and how kindness kindness affects our own life and the lives of others. And what's beautiful is that there's a quote that I recently heard and then saw again when preparing for this episode by the Dalai Lama. And so that's the quote I'm going to share as we use that as a launch pad to have this conversation around kindness and see where it takes us and see what nugget of wisdom or insight or inspiration comes through our words so that you listening might feel inclined to do something differently or experience something differently in your own life. So with that, here's the quote from the Dalai Lama. It's short and sweet, just like the quote says. My religion is very simple. My religion is kindness. And Joy, I love that quote. I love that quote for many reasons. I want to hear why you love this quote. What does this quote mm -hmm. mean to you? What does it bring up for you? Oh, it just made me go, hmm, you might have heard that <laughs> because <laughs> that is so beautiful. I actually co-host a show on Facebook called Messages of the Heart once a week with Cheryl Piper. We had our show at 11 a.m. this morning, Eastern time. And because you and I would be speaking later today, Amanda, I had read the show notes about this topic. It was swirling inside me. And what I found myself saying on that organic, spontaneous show that we host is that I believe that kindness is a, well, I, I said kindness, generosity, um, reverence, um, I forget what words I said, but for me, they are of love. Like if you had the word love on a pedestal, you would have these little children. There would be kindness. There would be open-heartedness, generosity, um, consideration, you know. And I am a bringer. I mean, I'm so steeped in joy and love and kindness. So that mm -hmm. quote is just so beautiful. Mm -hmm. How, so there's a couple directions I can feel myself wanting to go. And this is often the case when I, I have a conversation with somebody. I, I have all of these pulls and I'm going to trust and I'm going to go in one direction. And maybe we might be lucky. We come back and we go down the other path as well. But the question that actually is just bubbling up inside of me, and I want to go right there, is the idea that I love this picture of love on the pedestal. And we have all these children. Uh, surrounding it and being this love in the world and being kind and offering kindness and 
we know that the world is not one-sided. We know that our experience of the world is not one-sided. That love encompasses all things. That love encompasses the, the things that don't always feel so good as well as the feelings that feel really good. And I think kindness comes in there. There's something for me around this that I'm curious how you, what you think about it, which is as we practice kindness, we, and I, I believe I heard someone speak to this when I heard this quote recently, which is why it's on my mind, that in order to practice kindness, in order to offer kindness, we also need to understand the other end of the spectrum or the other side of the equation, if you will, that um, perhaps we've experienced um, darkness or we've experienced the, the lows in life or we've experienced those quote unquote negative things in order to be kind to another. Do you agree with that? Does that resonate with you, what I'm saying? Oh, gosh. If you're asking me personally about me, Amanda, that gives me goosebumps because, yes, I grew up with the most unkind people. Um, bless my family of origin. And the door slamming, the screaming, the you didn't do it right, you don't look right, you know, just the opposite of kindness. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I, I've had my long journey to heal into this version that I am today of joy, and I believe that I will forever be healing and growing and changing. But certainly for, certainly for me, um, being so cast out of my family, I was also, I was told I didn't belong, that they had put me back in the hospital when I was a baby because I cried too much. We were on an Air Force base. My mother was up all day with my older sister, and I was up all night. So they put me in the base hospital, and when we grew up, my sister sassed at me, mom and dad put you back in the hospital because you cried too much. Then they got the wrong baby back. You really don't belong in our family. And so for me, this path from not belonging and now to feel comfortable in my own skin and loving myself, laughing at myself when I make a mistake now, instead of beating myself up, treating myself with such care and kindness that I can extend in the world. It's just the most magnificent gift. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, and I have chills now as you say these things, Joy, and I, I didn't know that. And yet, isn't it beautiful that something my intuition knew that there must have been that experience in your life for you to now be at this point on your journey to be the ex example of joy and kindness for that to be your religion, because, and this is what I was pointing to and what you very eloquently expressed from your own experience is 
we, we, I don't believe we can truly understand or practice or extend kindness had we not experienced the opposite of that. And everything in life has its opposite. And it's often in the opposite that offers us that gift of the other. Now, not everyone will choose that. Not everyone will choose that path. Some people may choose to stay in that space without seeing it as the gift that it is. You, I see, was an, is, an is an example of having lived in the world of unkindness, of being cast away, being shunned, of being mistreated, whatever word you want to label it. And many of us can relate to that. Certainly, I can, in my own very wildly different story and version of that illusion of separation, of that being unwanted story. And yet, until we can experience that, then it's from that place that we can, what I heard you say is, be kind to ourselves because you didn't receive it from those around you. Therefore, you needed to give that. You got the opportunity. You were given the gift of having to learn how to do that yourself so that you got to do that for yourself. And by doing it for yourself, now you can extend it to others. And I think the the, the conversation that I had tuned into the other day where this quote was shared, said something about that as well. It's like, if we can live in the, in the depths of all of them, if we can experience deep suffering and, and, and pain and sorrow, it's from that place where we can then experience great joy and kindness and compassion. So I love that that was your experience and how you have chosen to turn that into such a beautiful gift and share it now with others. Mm, thank you so much, Amanda. And as you were speaking, I, I, I used to have that thought that so many people I knew who I have all those had all those self-help books and all the, my path of trying to be a, a better individual, <laughs> um, that I could always understand that the, the brightest stars had had the darkest lives. Mm. Um, and it's just, it's a really curious, one, wonderful thing. But in what you said about the illusion of separation, um, that hit me. It, it's such a, it resonates with me so much because Here's one of the things also about my path that I valued invisibility for so long and I was physically very tucked into myself, you know, a very tight frame, the shoulders kind of close to the ears <laughs> that, you know, really took life and just brought it into my whole being of, I am not, you know, wanted here. I'm just going to be with myself. Um, and lo and behold, my husband moved me from Ohio to the mountains of Western North Carolina. And one year later, wanted to be divorced. And this, information struck me in the gut like a black cloud 
and I heard a voice (laughs) that said, take in this darkness. You need it. You are going to transmute it. Mm. And a number of years later, when I was doing body work, um, chiropractic, massage, Pilates, doing really everything I felt led to to unwind my tight frame, um, there came a time that divinity actually (laughs) visited me. Mm. And I had a huge experience where I was taught that separation is an illusion. And I felt at that moment like, oh, my gosh, I am the poster child for separation. (laughs) Because I just, I had become so judgmental of myself and everyone else. And nothing was right. And I was a perfectionist. And that, that thing of not belonging created me as something else, you know, this Mm. very separated individual. But, oh my gosh, this path of unwinding my belief system and evolving and evolving. And now my deep belief in the oneness of everything it's um i'm really a little bit in awe of my own, my own journey at moments <laughs> that's awesome that is awesome mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i'm curious joy as you say this this is oh, so divine it's so beautiful and i'm so grateful that this is what our listeners are hearing they are hearing that it is in our darkness that we can through that transmute it into the brightest light and i i know that is what i need to remember more than anything else because it has been swirling around me for about a year maybe a little less in terms of things i've read experiences i've had people i've had the pleasure and privilege of connecting with and I'm so I love that that's what's coming up and through right now. And my next question is where kindness now fits into that for you. So, how has kindness perhaps supported or come out of? I'm not sure which direction it worked, or probably both, in terms of being a product of and also a contributor to this journey of yours. Where does the kindness come in in terms of? healing that illusion of separation? Something in me is not sure what, how to begin, but I, but I also want to say that for me, kindness is so deeply connected mm. to presence. And so I will say that in my past healing, the illusion of separation, I believe that once I got the idea from divinity who gave me this lesson that mm-hmm. I am in, that I am in the azalea bush and the azalea bush is in me and mm. I am in Hitler and Hitler is in me. 
Mm. I mean, I really, it was like a switch moved over inside me. So where my healing is foreverness and it's been long, the part about from the separate being feeling separated and having that illusory idea and then switching to understanding the oneness. Um, well, I would just say that kindness and present, it's all connected. Mm-hmm. Every, well, everything is connected mm-hmm. so that might I offer, I, I love, yes. if I may, may I interject? Yes, please. There's, so oh, the fact that you said, I'm just so grateful that you named that the azalea bush is in me, I am in the azalea bush, Hitler is in me, I am in Hitler. That is to me where kindness can then originate from. And you you said, I'm using that, I'm pulling kindness out separately, right? Because we're looking at that specifically here. And to your point, it's all connected. Kindness and love and connection, it's all connected, right? And what I hear as you're sharing that, and then what I'm feeling in my own experience is, it is only from that place of knowing the oneness, knowing that I am both Jesus and Hitler, and so are you, you know, we are all of it, that I can then extend kindness first to myself and then to you. Because mm-hmm. I think many of us run around this world, and I would love your thoughts on this, saying, well, it's really easy to be kind to the Jesus characters, it's really easy to be kind to them but I certainly don't want to extend kindness to Hitler. Mm. Mm -hmm. That's so that's because that's the separation, right? That's the, well, I, I, I see the separation and therefore my kindness will also be hindered and limited. Mm. So how Mm -hmm. does that, what does that look like for you? Or how do you navigate that? I mean, now you're on, you're in this place of understanding oneness. And I believe kindness comes from that. Is that true for you? Yes. What it brings up in me is there's a, a scene comes up in my vision here of that I will just relay this story. So my new, I have a newer partner. It, it's coming up on a year. I have attracted this amazing man, and we took a trip last May. We were at a bedded breakfast, and there came the waitress, and I said, greetings, good to meet you, how are you? And she put down the coffee and hustled off, and then she came back, and she said, I am having a horrible day. Do you really want to know? (laughs) (laughs) And and it gives me goosebumps because I I looked at her with every bit of love in my body and I said, please, 
if you can sit down and share, I don't judge anything. And I want, I desire to give you space to share what's going on. And she unloaded her heart and cried and felt better. And I gave her my first book and she bought my soon to be that other book that is now in the world that wasn't in the world last May. And over time, we've had phone conversations. I mean, I just completely saw the divinity. I can see the divinity in, you know, dog poop. I mean, I just, I see it everywhere. I see God's presence. I saw God's presence in my neighbors bless their journey because they had a fire on Christmas day and they don't live here anymore. Mm. I have taken their garbage to the street because I have been taught more kindness by my partner. He is unbelievable. And, you know, learning to just do things because they're there. Um, and we see them. I don't know that I answered your question. No, it, but I, I don't, I don't remember what my question was and that's okay because whatever you just shared was so perfect and beautiful and <laughs> it brings up another question and this seeing the divinity in another, seeing the divinity in dog shit in everything, right? That is such a, a beautiful place to live. And for those who, well, first, there are others who aren't there that don't live in that space. They don't choose to see the divinity in all things. And I know I, at one point did not see the divinity in all things. And I imagine at one point you did not see the divinity in all things. And I would love to hear a little bit more about what was, what was that like? I mean, how, and this isn't, you know, there's no recipe. I'm not suggesting that, you're going to tell us the three steps to seeing divinity in all things. However, I think it's really important and valuable to others to understand that you haven't always felt this way, I imagine. And there was something that occurred on your journey. And I know you, you, you maybe you already spoke to it in terms of hearing that voice and hearing the can you elaborate a bit more or paint that picture a bit more for us in terms of what was that like to go from not seeing the divinity in all things to now being where you are? Hmm. Hmm. Thank you, Amanda. That's a beautiful question. And I believe that my response is it's been such a subtle, gradual change in me Hmm. It is how, what I, how I express it is that I continue to deepen into who I am. Mm. And this has to do with my spiritual practice or practices. Um, For example, last year when I was newly dating this 
gentleman, Michael, and I, I learned that he loves to be read too. And I also learned that he'd never heard of The Little Prince, um, a classic book that some people may not have heard of. Um, and I said, well, could I read to you on the phone? We live a half an hour away from one another. And he said, yes, please. I mean, everything I ask him, he says, yes, please. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> um, so when you, when a person reads, well, I could just speak for myself. I don't know for other people, but me reading beautiful texts on the phone out loud to Michael is changing me. It's deepening me um, so that, hmm, and when, and when we share um, a lot of time with a person who as, is at a similarly high vibrational level, mm-hmm. well, whatever level, we're sharing with people all the time, but their vibration is rubbing off on us. Mm-hmm. So... If you are angry and resentful and you're hanging out with negative-sounding people, that is a soup I would suggest you might want to get out of the bowl of. (laughs) You know, like, Mm -hmm. that is not serving your highest good. Um, So that if you are in your own mess, it would behoove you to be with people who see differently than you, mm-hmm. who perhaps believe a little differently than you in a higher vibrational way mm-hmm. to help lift you from where you are. Um, so I think that my mm-hmm. growth, it's been, it's both that, you know, grounding more often into Mother Earth and reading more spiritual words more often, which bring that whole reaching down and reaching up, I believe, is the path. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I, I love that you said that it's your, your practices and your journey really has been back to experiencing more of who you truly are or remembering who you are, however you phrase it, that's what I heard. And those are some of my own words now to express that concept. And what I said at the very beginning of the show, my, my mission, my intention in this lifetime is to continuously point people back to revealing and expressing more of who they truly are why? Because that's my journey. That's what I'm here to do. That's what I am here practicing. I'm not the, um, I am not there yet, quote unquote. This is an eternal journey of revelation and expression. And yet what I think you said that really rang so true for me is that, again, to bring it back to the kindness component, though this is way far beyond kindness, that is where that stems from is knowing who you are more and more and more every day. And from that place, we see our own divinity. We then can extend that divinity to others, that kindness, the love, the compassion, 
uh, I love what you said about as we are around others like us, you know, if we're in that lower vibration, it's really helpful to move on and surround ourselves. That actually connects with the book I'm reading right now by David R. Hawkins called Letting Go. And the chapter I just read had a part called um, The Company You Keep. And there is this there's a lot of truth to that. So we, it is an energy. It is a vibration. It is a frequency. So I love that little uh, note as well that you said. So I'm, I'm really enjoying this, this idea that as we remember who we are and we're connected to that, we practice kindness to ourselves and then equally to others. And so now, and you've already shared some beautiful examples in terms of how you express this kindness in the world with the waitress, with your partner, uh, you know, in all these ways. What else would you like to share in terms of that? Like when I hear the, the phrase, my religion is kindness, how does that show mm -hmm. up in your life? What does that mean mm -hmm. to you? <laughs> wow. Yeah. What was just coming up for me and it goes to in response to what you just asked, Amanda, is in this relationship with Michael, we, it came up on one of our phone calls last year of, da, 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 oh, yeah, let's do that, let's do that. We are, <laughs> I, we make affirmation cards. I take pieces of paper, I paint them with watercolor in these jewel tones that I love, the purples, pinks, blues, greens, and I just make swirls and marks on these pieces of paper. Michael cuts them out. We sit there with an array of colored pencils, and we make one letter in, in one color, put it down, take another pencil, make another. We're, we're writing like little children <laughs> in different colors of pencil on these little like if you could picture little table tents and they fold. So we're saying, thank you, you rock. You are amazing. You are beautiful. We put them in our wallets. We give them to waitresses, cashiers, Anybody, whenever our heart remembers mm -hmm. that we're carrying them <laughs> and we could, and we could pass them along. And when I saw this, um, I'm having practicing kindness, just it, it, it's connected with me with um, generosity, spreading, um, giving things. And my new book, um, that you mentioned designed to shine read aloud rhymes for any size heart every now and then i will see um an adult and a child and my heart will be like give it to them give it to them give it to them um and so i went up to this <laughs> i waited outside the food co-op the other day and i said to this mother um may i give you this book mm. and she looked at it and she's like, yes, please. Um, Michael and I, I go to spiritual events and can sometimes with my books and my wares that I have. And 
we were at an event the end of October. The next day we woke up and I had an idea and I was all excited. And Michael said, more, more, tell me more. <laughs> and I'm like, you're kidding. And he's like, no, what, what do you want to express? Because this man never hurries me. I mean, talk about kindness. Mm. I am never hurried. I am never cut off from what I need to express. And then he expressed his ideas for this booth because we would be in another event in three weeks. Well, I said, we need a bigger booth mm-hmm. because his ideas and my ideas didn't match up to a 10 by 10 space. What we ended up creating in three weeks, Amanda and listeners, I knew it would be the anti, it would be so different than anything at that event. This wasn't a spiritual event necessarily. This was billed as a tis as a holiday fair. And we had a double booth that was so kind, beautiful, welcoming, light and bright with a reading corner that looked like your favorite chair in your living room. And we created something really rather remarkable. Mm. And I had, at the beginning when I was setting up, these kind of burly men were coming up to me saying, so what do you sell? And I just could smile and I really couldn't even answer them because Mm. I don't feel like I sell anything. I feel like I was just meant to be there and smile and love every person who walked by. And if I felt like it, say, may I read a rhyme to you? Um, If it was people, if I perceived that they might want to stop, because, you know, rejection is not fun. And I can do it, but I don't prefer, (laughs) I don't prefer it. I prefer to offer a rhyme to people that will say, yes, please, please read me a rhyme. Um, So long story Mm -hmm. short, I, I think that we extended a beautiful kindness in that place Mm -hmm. because we gave something that was breathe that it gave people a place to breathe and maybe just pause for a second. And it was beyond the shopping frenzy thing that was going on in that space. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, Joy, as you share that beautiful story and take us on that little trip with you, I couldn't help again but see this very clear connection that kindness is at first it is a gift it is something you are giving to another and in all the examples of you know outside of the co-op and creating this booth and this experience and loving every individual who walks through that door there is this connection of 
when you do that and when every single one of us does that in our lives, what we are truly doing is reminding the other person who they truly are. That is what kindness in my understanding of it through our conversation is and what it means. It's, you know, I think we can walk around the world and say, well, being kind would be opening the door for someone and putting the dollar in the man's cup sitting on the street or saying nice things to somebody. And yes, those are all very kind gestures. And what they, when, what I think they are truly pointing to, and if we can embody this more and more and be more intentional with this as you are, is that that is in every moment reminding the, the other individual that they are a divine being, that they belong here, that they are seen, heard, and loved. And that is the greatest gift anybody can give or receive. So thank mm. you for showing us that so clearly through your stories. Oh, you are so welcome. And thank you, Amanda, for your perception and your questions. I am very grateful that we could share this time. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not completely over yet. However, this does feel like a beautiful completion of that topic. And of course, there's more to be shared and expressed. And, and for those listening, this may have scratched at something or pointed to something. And there may be a book to read or reaching out to Joy and learning more about her or reading one of her books, etc. So let we'll leave the the inspiration as it is meant to be uh, for now. And I'm going to turn the corner and ask three closing questions of you, Joy, so that our listeners can know a little bit more about what inspires you. And the first question is, who is a source of inspiration for you and why? Yeah, Maya Angelou has been that for me and it was just that her presence her words her books um spoke deeply in me inside me and inspired me there was something so clear and powerful and loving in what I received from her. Yeah. I'm finding it to be interesting as I have more of these conversations and as individuals answer the why to that question, some uh, some stick more to the who and they'll uh, go into more of that. And then I heard you explain a little bit more, express a little bit more of the why, Maya Angelou, and I've had other guests do this. And what's so fun for me is as I hear you share that and I hear you share your why, I immediately see that that is how you are in the world and how I perceive you. And so, and I've seen this with my other guests as well, where I will will perceive my guests through those same I would use some of those same words to describe my guest. And so I think that's such a beautiful uh, acknowledgement of what we see in others is already within us. And that is why you are so drawn to it. So I love that that's how you describe your inspiration by Dr. Maya Angelou. So thank you for that. (laughs) Thank you. Second question. 
what place or activity most inspires you right now? I am so present anymore. And, and I love when I get that question of what is your favorite place to visit or something? Because I, I can't, I cannot name that mm-hmm. because everywhere I am is my, is the most, is the best place I've ever been. And mm-hmm. every new person, person I meet is my new best friend and yes yes that's presence that's exactly it what a beautiful yeah what a beautiful example of that well then you're really going to love my last question (laughs) which is what would be a favorite book that has inspired you or is inspiring you if you want to keep it present uh, personally or spiritually If I were to name one, I would name, thank you, Amanda, The Way of Mastery by the Shanti Cristo Foundation. It is a book of Jesus's words in the most beautiful language. And the purpose of, for readers is that you read this and you get to the end and you read it again and you get to the end and you read it again, you will become a Christed being on this planet. Um, And I know that that book is deepening me into the joy I am. Thank you, Joy, for sharing that. I feel inspired to look it up myself. Perhaps someone else listening does as well. And that is such a beautiful way to conclude our conversation in this time and space and in this form. And there is so much for those listening for you to be inspired by. And something that Joyce said, uh, again, she has a couple of books herself. I will make sure you know how to find those in the show notes. Of course, everything would be on her website, joyonyourshoulders.com. Find her on social media at Joy on Your Shoulders or Joy Reaser. And connect with her. Deepen this. If there was something she said that resonated with you, go look up one of the other books she recommended or, or mentioned some of the other teachings and allow this conversation to inspire you to remember your own divinity and to express kindness to yourself and then to turn around and extend it to every being and thing you come upon in your day. So Joy, thank you so much for being here with us today. Oh, you are so welcome, Amanda. Thank you very, very much for allowing me to share this time with you. It's been great. (laughs) Yeah. And for all of you listening, thank you for tuning in again and again. If this was your first time, thank you. If this was your 80th time, thank you. Subscribe if you haven't. Leave a review. Share this content. I understand that the... For me, that is not why I do this. Equally, if we can spread this message further and wider, we can create a larger ripple effect in this world. We can extend greater kindness and truth and wisdom 
to others, that is why I do what I do. So you can be a part of that. You can help with that by ensuring that people know about this podcast and this sacred container that my guests and I get to create with one another. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for sharing. And until next time, many, many blessings.